Hey, you. Have you seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? You haven't? Well, then you can't, you can't listen to this episode. I mean, you can, but this is your only spoiler warning. So if you haven't seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, then you should. That's it. I'm not, like, hating on him. Never mm-hmm. hated on him. I just, you know, I never really fed into it. But watching that preview, I was like, that looks really awesome. I'm, I got excited for it. And- no. I am the father. And here we go. That belongs in a museum. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? You're going to need a bigger boat. This is Sparta! Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Sutton, welcome to Jurassic Park. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Easily Entertained, hosted by me, Bryson Olson. I'm once again joined by fellow entertainment and joiner, Cormac Bone. Heck yeah, absolutely. Let's go. We are talking about what I think is one of the best movies, if not the best movie of all time. Yeah. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, so not the new one, <laughs> although, we have, although we have seen it. That's oh. next week's episode. Yeah, we have. Today we are just talking about the first one that was released in 2018, Into the Spider-Verse, the origin story of Miles Morales. And I think that's kind of leads us to the beginning of our story, really. Yeah. Is this movie is not about the typical Spider-Man. It's not about Peter Parker. He's in it. Right. And there, there are two. Well, no, there are technically three Peter Parkers because you have the original Chris Pine Peter. You have Peter B. Parker or Burrito Parker as the animators have oh, nicknamed really? him. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, which is played by Jake Johnson. And then you have Nick Cage. Nick Cage. That's Peter right. Parker, which is Spider-Noir. Yeah, yeah. And I really like that it's not a Peter Parker story. Yeah. I think it does better not being what we've seen before. Because it allows for this change. We get to focus on an entirely new character. And, like, Miles was not always a huge character in the comics until this movie, really. Hmm. He was actually more just the black peter Hmm. like his origin story was very similar beforehand and then this movie came around and decided to kind of flip it and make his own story and i think that's great yeah absolutely because i think we now have the best spider-man movie pretty much oh yeah i would say so is not about peter parker yeah it is different animation. It's a different character completely. They just took it. They took the source material material, and ran with it. And I think it's perfect. Um, especially with the like original Peter. He dies in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. He Miles is Peter. Exactly. So it's after Miles has gotten bit and things are starting to happen. And so she, he goes searching for the spider that bit him. Right. And he finds Peter at the particle collider for Kingpin and he dies trying to stop it. Right. And then it's now up to miles to do everything. And so you kind of get rid of that Peter Parker element. They establish it very early. It's like, this is not a Peter Parker story. 
This is about Miles Morales, about a completely new Spider-Man that most people are not hugely familiar with. Oh, certainly, certainly. And I I think that's great. Because um, we have Peter B. Parker, who comes up later, but he's only a mentor. He's right. not the center of everything. No. It's still, at least into the Spider-Verse, is about Miles. Oh, yeah. It's very much about him. And there's a lot of like similar elements to Peter Parker. Like They're still fairly similar. You get like the more intelligence. You get the typical spider powers. He can uh, stick to walls and everything. He has the spider sense. Right. But he's just different. I like it. Yeah, yeah. There's like a lot of the big parts about it is that he, he has his parents, mm-hmm. which is a huge driving force for this franchise, for, for Miles especially, because really any other spider person that we've encountered, they don't really have their parents. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a huge thing, and and it it really does pay off. Yeah, for for Miles and his story, and that's like you say, it's it's a it's the different story mm-hmm. that we're all really just we're just sinking our teeth into oh, for real every second of it. Just oh, give it more, you know. It's, it's magnificent. Yeah, and I love all the little like bits and pieces they put into the story. Like, they don't, like, shove it in your face. They're like, ooh, he has his parents. Right. They're still alive. He still has to kind of figure <laughs> things out on his own. Yeah, he's not He's not going up to Peter B. Parker and like, hey, guess what? Guess what? I got parents. A loser <laughs> in your face, Imagine <laughs> Yeah. Unlike most superheroes where it feels like they've all lost their parents. Right. And so I kind of like how they manage to keep him, like, having parents while also still giving him a challenge. Oh, yeah. Because um, you start out, um, he's still in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. He's still living with his parents, and then he has to go to yeah, Visions I mean, Academy. Kids is like 14. Exactly. And so like that whole opening sequence is meant to show him very comfortable Right. Who he is. He's walking to school. He's very familiar with all the people yeah. around. He's, he's choosing to have his shoe untied. Exactly. Right. He is very in his element. He set his routine. Exactly. And then he gets to Vision Academy, and that's when things start going crazy. He's out of his element. Mm-hmm. He is at a school where he feels it's a bit elitist. Yeah. He Which for which for a uh, character written like Miles is, is very much you know something that is is integral to his like you know moral code and that yeah. kind of thing which i mean being who we are and the way we look we'll never know yeah <laughs> that's true but a little pasty yeah, copy right. paper boys yeah yeah but it it it's very good to see that mm-hmm. in a film and and represent it so well yeah because not only before the spider bite, but also after, do we still experience that that kind mm-hmm. of thing through his, you know, perspective, through his point of view mm-hmm. in the film, and it, it really is kind of, you know, it it's really big for that story to be told. Yeah, yeah, he has to kind of still struggle through it, and I like that they establish that very early on. Oh yeah, because because and they do it in a very relatable way, because right. everyone can kind of understand the feeling of going to a new school. Right. Because you're completely out of your element. You get there and you're like, uh, what do I do now? Yeah, yeah. And you kind of stumble through everything and then he gets bit by a spider and he has to now stumble through that as well. Right. So it's kind of like 
parallels to each other. Right. It's to give you that storytelling device to be like, oh, yeah, this is Spider-Man. He's a struggling person like a normal person because that's how the character Spider-Man is. He's mm -hmm. meant to relate to everybody. Everyone has struggles in their real life. It's more about the real life struggles rather than the superhero struggles. Right. We love to see the action and the superhero mm -hmm. struggles and his powers are super cool. We love that. As human mm -hmm. beings, it's entertaining. But the reason why we're clinging on to these stories is the is the relation part, mm -hmm. the part where you can see yourself in it. Exactly. And, and I know we've talked about it many, many times, and if you haven't seen it, it's the the interviews with Stan Lee where he talks about why Spider-Man is his favorite. It's oh, it's some of the most beautiful stuff you've ever heard. If you mm -hmm. haven't seen it, I would highly suggest go looking up Stan Lee talking about Spider-Man because he, he explains that he, it's his favorite because he's like, the best choice we ever made with Spider-Man is that the suit covers the whole body. Mm -hmm. and, and then and he's quoted many, many times as anybody can wear that mask. Anybody can be under that. And, and that's said, even the whole theme of oh, Into yeah. the Spider-Verse. 100%. That's like the end monologue. It's anyone can wear the mask. You can wear the mask. Yeah. Anybody can be Spider-Man. And that's such this mass appeal of the character. A hundred percent. And I think that's why like this one is so good is because it's a character we're not familiar with. And so it's really playing into that. And then you have the storytelling device of having multiple spider people. Right. It's legit throwing it in your face mm -hmm. it's like anybody can be spider-man it's a million variations it could be any of you and i think that's a brilliant storytelling device and i think it's why the character does so well and i think in this one especially because they make miles so young yeah um because typically although in like movies and stuff, we see Peter Parker usually younger and in right, like like high teen, school, late teen. In the comics and in most other media, he's not in high school; he's a college student. That's where most of his of Peter's struggles happen. Miles, regardless of the storyline, he has always been young. Right, he's doing it. At an early age and it's usually like in this movie he's going through his young adolescence he's going through puberty he has to grow with everything else and right. so it means you kind of have to grow with the character and i like how that does it for the story because i think everybody both man woman whatever your race is sure anything everyone can relate to that because yeah. it's it's the common human experience. Everyone's going to go through that. 100%. And even when you <clears throat> even when you talk about him going to a new school and that being something you can relate to, it's not even just that it's to a new school because maybe not everybody has experience going to a new school. I mean, you go from one school to like another like junior high to high school, mm -hmm. that kind of thing, sure. But really, it's even just g being put in a new environment. Uh, so it doesn't have to be school related, mm -hmm. but that's just the tool, you know, that's just the, the, the case that this particular story is in. And I mean, that Spider-Man's story has always really been in, yeah. is that school sort of idea for, mm -hmm. for at least, it's the at least fear the of the, it's the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Cause that's a common thing. That's like yeah. what everybody fears. I mean, yes, that's again, human experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I like all the subtle storytelling devices that they use as well. Even like 
with how people can be very similar but go down different paths Mm. um like miles and his uncle aaron um aaron davis who's the prowler in into the spider-verse um is miles's uncle and they are very similar in their characters yeah yes and aaron davis is meant to be a foil for miles morales they're so similar that just a few different choices miles could be exactly like aaron davis right and they play with it a lot in the in the movie um through some very clever ways too like not even just typical character choices or dialogue right yeah not even just how they're written mm-hmm. but beyond they, that yeah they do it with like music especially um so in this movie typically each spider person or each character has their own little musical motif yeah and with prowler it's very obvious because it's very menacing yeah it's a yeah and whenever miles is on screen there's usually a slight hint of that prowler motif because they're so similar it's not as prominent for the beginning of the movie um, because it's meant to just have Miles's motif. Right. Well, it uses Spider-Man's motif is what it is. Um, and then as the movie progresses, and once Miles fully creates his own mask and everything, you get the combination of Prowler and Spider-Man, and that is Miles's theme. Yeah. It's a a culmination of everything. He's taking his family... And something new and combining it. Yeah. And they do this with the music. They do it with the colors. There's a lot of purple and green for Prowler whenever he's on screen. And you even see it in Miles a lot throughout the film. And it's meant to show that these two are so similar and they could go down such similar routes. Right. Yeah, because like you say, the, the... they they're very similar characters. They could be on the similar routes, and they are. Mm-hmm. The Prowler is a part of a team, just like how Miles is starting to become a part of this new Spider People team as mm-hmm. they, you know, are tossed into his universe for, at the beginning of the film. And it it is an interesting idea to see how how similar it's kind of like the Taoism thing of mm-hmm. yin and yang. How similar people can be, yet outcomes are are. I mean, almost opposite, Mm -hmm. you know, and you get where at the, there's a moment when, I mean, a really good moment. I mean, you know, iconic moments, the canon, if you will, (laughs) Um, that Miles reveals himself to his uncle. And that right there is a huge, huge moment where you can see how they are very, very similar people. Because they kind of realize they're like, oh no, we've both been in this mask and it's kind of forcing us to bat heads right and because we couldn't tell each other Mm -hmm. we've we've now hit this hit this um contradiction Mm -hmm. and i just i think it's great for the storytelling i think it it drives everything because as we said at the beginning miles's family is so important to him oh very and to have that happen where he finds out his uncle is a bad guy that he saw kind of kill spider-man with kingpin mm-hmm. would destroy miles Devastating. he didn't realize it was his own uncle 
and they could have gone down similar paths. And so with that, it's kind of like all these similar characters to each other, even the spider people, because they've all gone down similar roads. Right, they've all lost an uncle because Mm -hmm. that's what happens to Spider-Man. But they're all still different. Mm -hmm. And not even different just in the character sense. They're different in the animation sense. Oh, yeah. And I think that... Impeccable. It's so gorgeous. Because in Into the Spider-Verse, if you haven't seen it, by some miraculous <laughs> circumstance. I would be incredibly surprised. Yeah. Especially if you're listening to this podcast. It's been out for a while. You should have seen it because it's it's perfection. Easily um, easily among the best animated films of all time. For real. Um, but so the animation, it's meant to l- mimic this comic book type style. And it's meant to mimic classic comic books having the half tones and like misprints to imitate blurriness like there's nothing soft in the shots which i find very interesting i was watching some stuff about it earlier today of how they intentionally did so much of this they were like we want everything to be crisp and clean we want you to pause it at any time and you will be able to fully understand what is happening on screen. Mm-hmm. There's no motion blur. There's no background blur. The camera doesn't have lens focus. It is all meant to be in focus and meant to mimic comic books mm-hmm. where you can just witness everything in full detail. Right, where it's frame by frame. Mm-hmm. And they do that so much throughout the film. And it's fantastic. And they blend different animation styles as well oh yeah um like even penny's robot is more future 3d like mm-hmm. like a plastic mo- almost closer to an action figure yeah where the rest of them are m- way more animation style looking yeah because like typically um it was peter b parker spider gwen and miles all have a very similar style right in miles's world and it's very much still 3D with 2D elements laced on top of it. Yeah. You have Penny Parker, who has her mech that looks super 3D, and then she is anime style. She is flat 2D. It is not even like, she kind of looks 3D. No, she's flat. Yep. Flat, like, flat like my chest. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And then you have uh, Spider-Noir, who is black and white, but still 3D. And then you have Spider-Ham, yeah. who's a very toonish style of 3D. Peter Porker. Mm-hmm. He looks <laughs> as if like Looney, Looney Tunes, Tunes. kind of came to a 3D space a little bit. Yeah. A bit more flat, but still like has a little bit of 3D to it. Right. It's just less noticeable. And I like that they did this because you, so many artists have made spider-man they're all different and so to really have a multiverse spider-man you have to do it this way include that style you have to change up the styles or else it's just gonna look too off like yeah they're all part of a multiverse but it's not gonna feel like that to the audience you'll be like if they're the same yeah you'll be like well this could be from the same world Right. How do we know it's a different universe? So whether you notice it consciously or not, mm-hmm. your brain picks up on it and says, oh yeah, they're totally, they're from way out of town. Exactly. <laughs> and so having to actually change that makes it so it grabs your attention a lot more. Oh yeah. And it's the mix of 2D elements, which is so 
fascinating. Um, so like the big thing is like the dots that everyone knows. That's the half tones. Mm-hmm. So it's meant to, it's usually shown uh, specifically with lighting. Um, you will see more half tones because it's more spread out. And so that is really meant to mimic a comic book style because that's how they used to be printed is with the half tones in everything because it would eliminate the need for a lot of different colors. Right, they for could, different shades of the ink. Exactly. They could put half tones in and it will blend it a little bit better, mm-hmm. um, but not like fuzz it out like how they wanted the look. Um, and then you have like the cross hatching and the outlines of all the characters yeah. and when watching the video on how they made that kind of stuff it was fascinating because they created a library of uh like outlines for faces and things like that for different angles and they taught like their machine to it was like an algorithm in mm-hmm. their animation software to use it so when a face was in a certain position it could generate those lines oh. and try and predict how just kind of fill in some frames and how wow. like try and predict where they would be based on the 3d model. And then uh animator would go in and correct it every right, time yeah. and it would learn. And so it could do it over and over and generate it like how they wanted. Mm. Um, but that's mm. how they were able to give such strong emotion with everything without actually bending any of the 3d characters so like typically like when you have emotion your face wrinkles or things like that their models didn't ever do that it was only the 2d elements that showed that had shown that right um that that the detail comes from those 2ds exactly so it's like an illusion of wrinkles Hmm. but that's not how the models were actually working. Right, which is how a comic would work because exactly. there is no 3D model on a comic. Exactly. And so it's it was. it's fascinating that they were able to do this. And it's extremely impressive because it is hard to animate regardless of the style. Oh, yeah. Imagine having to blend them and make it look as fantastic as they did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And putting in putting in the work is how is how that film is how is. I mean, how the franchise... It took so yeah. long for that first one. Yeah. It's it's, it's really inspiring, honestly. Mm-hmm. Whether Like, the story of the film itself is certainly inspiring, but mm-hmm. just the absolute sheer work and will mm-hmm. that and the, goes into it. And just the passion yeah. for it. It's it's one of those rare things where when you watch it or experience it, see a photo, yeah, see a poster, you know that there's so much love so mm-hmm. much love into it so much humanity yeah, you can tell they loved comic books and loved the characters and like the comic book thing especially like not only is everything animated like that throughout the film they just have flash frames where everything is super oh, simplified yeah yeah and you have the character and a couple background elements that's it and that's it it's meant to just be hand-drawn yeah. In those little flash frames. It's legit a comic book come to life. Yeah. When they add the text boxes mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh, like the, the, my favorite example of that is Miles encountering the, the, the spider sense for the first mm-hmm. time. And like we're seeing all the words pop up and it's just like 
as an audience member, especially the first time, you kind of don't notice it. You're just reading along with him. And then he notices it. He says, why is my voice so loud? He's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, and he can, and then it's it's kind of an interesting idea where he, what what if he's seeing those? Mm-hmm. Or, or something like that, where it, it represents his inner monologue being mm-hmm. so loud to him and then he's starting to kind of realize, oh man, something something's going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I really like that scene where he's running down the sidewalk and it's like, no, 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 no. And everything's kind of popping up around him. Yeah. He's seeing all of it. Like he's looking around him every time one of those things pops up. And it's why he gets kind of like hit by a car is because he's focusing on all these background elements mm-hmm. like we are as the audience. And I think that's exactly what it's like reading a comic book. Yeah. Is the characters can interact with the boxes and the text thing and you are witnessing it just as they're witnessing it. Yeah. It's why it blended so well and in into the Spider-Verse cuz they understood that appeal of comics. Both you and the characters have this shared experience. And it lets you, it engages you a lot. Yeah. And I think that's the perfect way to do it. And with how they did it, I like, they kind of changed the standard. Oh, 100%. Because um, most studios were doing what is nicknamed the Pixar style. Because <laughs> so, they're so good. Yeah, because Pixar <laughs> was I don't think they were necessarily the first to do it, but they popularized oh, it. Yeah, which they weren't was, the first to do it necessarily, like mm-hmm. 3D animation. Yeah, but they was, they perfected it. Yeah, it was the CG characters, and it's in a r- realistic setting with realistic physics and lighting. Yeah. So, Pixar isn't the only one to do it. Of course, pretty much every studio has hopped onto it since Pixar started doing it. Right. Even Disney themselves did it. Yep. Um. And so you would have very stylized characters that are in a very hyper-realistic kind of setting. And that was great. We were pushing it farther and farther every year. Oh, and yeah. we've almost kind of hit a max without making them hyper-realistic. Right, without it, yeah, looking um, way too real. And you're like, wait, this is animated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now we're kind of going back into the stylistic era, similar to how things were when they're 2D, but we're now mixing styles Mm -hmm. and i think it's super interesting because spider-verse once again was not the first one to do it in fact disney had a short that was a mix of 2d and 3d which was paper man because they had a very similar thing to spider-verse where they had the faces and that were mainly 2D animated. They had a lot of 2D elements to them. And in like the setting, they would have smears and little 2D elements added to give that illusion of a hand drawn. Yeah. But also using 3D characters. Yeah, where it's done in that black and white. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a a really good short if you haven't seen it and you have Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. I I love shorts. Yeah. And I'm kind of sad that they're not played at the beginning of films anymore. Shorts are some of my favorite stuff. Mm -hmm. Especially with things like Pixar. That's meant to highlight something new they worked on. Yeah, some experiments. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I think that's such an interesting way to do it because 
obviously you're not going to take a big risk with a brand new movie. No. Trying out something for the first time. But if you play it before the movie, you get just the same amount of eyes on it. Exactly. But so you, you practice spent, you know, uh-huh. five minutes. Exactly. You practice with a short to get it how you want, and then you can do a massive movie with it. Yeah. And so with everything, we've kind of been going back to that stylized mm-hmm. type thing, and it's been happening all over. We have. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish yeah. that just came out. That's, Which was also phenomenal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a very similar style to Spider-Verse with things kind of feeling like they're painted. Yeah. It's meant to look like a fairy tale book. Yeah, and even before... Puss in Boots there on Netflix was The Mitchells versus The Machines, mm-hmm. which was animated by a lot of the same people from Spider-Verse. Yeah. But it's, again, like that they've, they've mm-hmm. jumped onto this that works really well because audiences are eating it up, so why not? Yeah. And it it, I mean, it is really exciting to see. Yeah. Because in the Spider-Verse, it makes a lot of sense because it's that whole comic book idea, and so you can really kind of lean onto that pretty hard. And it looks amazing. But when it comes to a story that doesn't necessarily have a comic book idea attached to it you have to get a little more creative Mm -hmm. and uh it gets really fun Mm -hmm. and you have to kind of play with it you have to figure out what's the reason you're going to do it this way yeah yeah it's like are you doing it just because it's popular right or are you doing it because it will benefit the story right it'll fit the narrative and you can use it to drive things and like the Mitchells versus the Machines did that. Puss in Boots did that, making a fairy tale world that looks like it was painted, like you would yeah, read fairy tale books. That's a that the Puss in Boots ones is a really big example too, because it it's a change from the norm of yeah. what he would usually look like, right? Of what that universe would usually look like. And I mean, if you haven't seen the movie in the end credit scene, it hints at him getting back with Shrek, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of reuniting the group, which you know, of course, is everybody's just losing their minds over. Yeah, but. It makes you think, are they going to make Shrek look that way now? Like, and, and and it works really well for Puss in Boots, so, I mean, I imagine it will be. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting to think about, oh, man, I wonder how it'll look. Yeah. And it's going to bring in a lot of audience members, but beyond that, I'm excited to see how they will, like you say, utilize that style to push their story rather mm-hmm. than just use a lot, utilizing the style for its popularity. Exactly. Yeah, and I think... DreamWorks has really been hopping on it. Oh, yeah. Because they had it with Puss in Boots, but before that, they had it with the bad guys. Oh, yeah. Because that's a very similar style. Um, It's a bit more flat. Yeah. I wouldn't exactly say flat, more cel-shaded. So it's less of the, like, super stylized lighting and everything. They made it look like a kid's illustration. Yeah, it's not not trying to Not a kid doing it but like a like a book you would read to a kid yes it's meant to be really flat it's solid colors it's not meant to have a lot of harsh lighting it's not trying to be super real exactly and they blended that 3d at the 2d elements as well to get that look because they're meant to be little fairy tale villains yeah because it's the big bad wolf wolf. it's a snake it's a spider it's a shark a piranha things that are typically scary used as scary bad guys in children's media yep and so they took that style of a children's illustrated book and we're like okay let's animate a movie let's make a movie using the style because that makes sense for our story yeah and i think that's amazing that they did that dreamworks realized the popularity and i'm sure they wanted to hop on it 
for money reasons yeah. as well. I mean, but money they, is going to be a motivator. Yeah. But if it's the only motivator, that's your issue. Exactly. But they still were like, we can make a really good story. I love that movie. The Bad Guys is so fun. Oh, I, I love that. I kind of slept on it, to be honest. And mm-hmm. then when I watched it, I was like, dang, this is way fun. I yeah, love I remember this. seeing the trailer and I was like, I like this. This gives yeah, me Spider-Verse kind of vibes. It was a clever idea. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was kind of refreshing because it's a new idea, which mm-hmm. is super refreshing always. Yeah, because we're getting a lot of sequels or remakes live and... action remakes mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, disney <laughs> <laughs> originals anyway but it's just fascinating that all these places are wanting to do it and they're making good stories with it it's making sense for what they want to do and they're innovating they're breaking the norm and i think that's fantastic yeah and it's also indicative of you know, a great thing mm-hmm. in, in, in any, in any, uh, industry where you can literally change the whole face of it. Yeah. That means you did something good. Like with Pixar. I mean, when they did the 3d animation thing, it, it changed it the changed, whole scene. It changed everybody. And then Spider-Verse came along and now they want to change everything too. Yeah. Cause it's breaking norms and not even just in movies. You're seeing it in, TV shows, you have things like Arcane. You have Sp- oh yeah, Arcane. which is very similar to Spider Verse. Yeah. It's like painted characters, painted backgrounds with that two D elements directly laid on. Right, trying to feed a little mm-hmm. more from their video game. Mm-hmm. You have uh, what is it? Smiling Friends. That's on Adult Swim. It's animated in like several different styles, and they mix all the time. You have stop motion and regular flash animation. I think you have like some hyper-realistic type stuff. It goes back and forth. Mm. And people are starting to just break the norm. Yeah. We and can not... even see it coming in with like the TMN, the new TMNT That's film. That's true. That, that one's one going to looks... be so good. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Like TMNT has never, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have never really been mm-hmm. like my my favorite thing. I mean, I, I'm not like hating on them. Never mm-hmm. hated on them. I just, you know, I never really fed into it. But watching that preview, I was like, that looks really awesome. I'm, I got excited for it. And like you say, it makes sense for their story because it kind of looks like teenage high school sketchbook mm-hmm. stuff. And um, yeah, it, it is exciting. Mm-hmm. And then not even just with the 3D stuff, been, they've been changing things with 2D as well. So a big example is Klaus. It's a Christmas movie that's on Netflix um, that came out a couple years ago. It, yeah, 2019. Uh-huh. It is made completely in 2D, but it uses its lighting as if it was 3D. Hmm. So the way they made it is they created these like three, not exactly 3D because they're not like 3D modeled. They have, I think they're called bitmaps is what they Oh, okay. Called them. Yeah. But so they can put lights in a 2D scene and have the drawings react to it. And before, you couldn't exactly do that with 2D animation. Right. It's why, like, things like The Lion King or anything from the Disney Renaissance era don't have a lot of super high depth lighting or shadows because it was very expensive to animate like that yeah. because everything was drawn, whether digitally or hand-drawn, right. everything's drawn out. And that's really expensive to do over and over and have consistently. Right. And so they developed a way to make it look 3D 
while being in 2D. And it's fascinating. Um, I'll have to show you the like clip of how they made it. Because yeah. they go very in-depth. But I like that it's expanding to all aspects of the animation industry. Yeah. We're really breaking boundaries. Spider-Verse did it wanting to make a comic book come to right. life. Yeah, I'm sure they weren't necessarily intending to just shatter yeah. animation forever. They were just like, this is what we want to do. It looks awesome. I'm just excited about my project. Yeah. And we then the fact that it does that, you can just be proud of your work. Exactly. <laughs> they wanted to make a comic book come to life. Bad guys wanted to make a kid's book come to life. Puss in Boots wanted to make a fairy tale come to life. I feel like something we could see that I think would be really cool is like a similar version to like Wreck-It Ralph have a video game mm. come to life. Follow like pixel style of mm. video games, like classic video games and be able to break animation like how these movies have been doing and yeah. create very unique stories like with eight, animation like 8-bit 3d but not as mm -hmm. not as campy as minecraft 8-bit yeah not not like <laughs> minecraft or like pixels like yeah. have something that still gives off that video game vibe but doesn't look as jarring as those things sure easily mm -hmm. easier said than done but so yeah with so spider-verse yeah so. <laughs> yeah you have to kind of just be creative with it mm. and i think it's awesome especially with Spider-Verse being like, anyone can wear the mask. You can wear the animation mask. Do whatever you want to do. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's so interesting. And a big thing that had come of into the Spider-Verse because of that, anyone can wear the mask, is the Spider-Sona challenge. Yeah. That had yeah. come onto social media, specifically Instagram, because it was pictures. But it was kind of anywhere you could share things. Right. And so if you don't know what the Spider-Sona thing was, is... Because of the, the like saying in Into the Spider Verse, anyone could wear the mask. People took that literally. Yep. And they as you should. Yeah, and they created a challenge where you would make your own spider character. Right. In your own style. Uh, you do it in your own style. You can make your own costume. Anything. You could even change up the powers if you really wanted to. Yeah. Cause... And it's so cool. So, our question of the week this week. Is all about that. Yeah. It is what would your spider sona be? Yeah, and if you have like stuff from making it before, send it our way. Please We'd love to see it. Please love to see it. Tag us in it. Um, so yeah, tag us in social media what your spider sona would be. And I want to. I asked. Right. Yeah. Now we have the answer. Yeah, I let Cormac know earlier so he could think about it. Yeah. What would your spider sona be? So I am majoring in communications. So at first I thought maybe it's something to do with talking, that kind of thing. But radio then, spider right yeah then i got into where i'm like what i really love is audio and so when i was thinking about how my spider person would be usually they have that sort of somewhat niche sciencey thing that they really just delve into um typically it's things like astrophysics for miles it's going to be interdimensional type travel mm -hmm. that kind of thing and so for me i thought it'd be really interesting if i had that like s sort of like hyper hearing of uh, of an idea or that kind of thing where I can, uh, I guess maybe that's almost more like a bat with like echolocation, mm -hmm. but that sort of idea and like having that integrate with sort of the spider sense, I thought that would be pretty big um, for, for my spider Sona. Mm -hmm. 
And then otherwise colors, I I tend to wear a lot of earthy tones. So I figure I'd be like a like a like a hunter green and brown type suit. That would be an interesting <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's pretty basic because I've never I I'm pretty bad when it comes to most art forms. Like audio, I can manipulate. You uh-huh. give me some audio, I'll give you a, a, a sound of stories or a story of sounds. Sorry, that was backwards. But if <laughs> we you, got the gist, right? Yeah. If you tell me to draw something, I'm gonna be like, I'm oh, sorry, I can't. <laughs> that's why. That's I mean, just you know, a little tidbit. That's why I love audio so much is because I don't have to draw the picture. You will when you hear it. You draw it in your head. It's beautiful. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I like it. I think that would be such an interesting Spider-Man, like using sound, like with the Spidey sense. Right, and that I think kind of be my thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how Miles has got a little shockies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I had thought about this for so long. Oh, I'm certain. Yeah. If you, if you had no idea, obviously you probably should, but Bryson and Spider-Man, they're like this. this yeah. He loves anything to do Spider-Man. Oh, I mean, my everybody favorite character. Does. Everybody loves Spider-Man, yeah. but I will tell you, Bryson loves spider-man i have okay. i have two spidey suits of my own and yeah. i have and he I looks did, good in them tell you that <laughs> yeah i did make i didn't exactly draw it but i do have like a spider sona that i would love to make a costume for right. and actually be able to wear it and so i've always just been into art of all forms and so my senior of year of high school when into the spider-verse came out yeah I made a shirt for that was kind of inspired by the movie. And it was specifically by the scene when Miles sees into the Spider-Verse itself, seeing all the webs entangled and everything. And so I made a shirt with a Spider logo. I think it was based on the PS4 Spider-Man logo. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, but instead of it being solid, it was web. That was all connected. You've seen it. I have yep. it. And then it has like little like splotches of red and blue that are meant to be like paint splatters. Yeah. And so I would really like to have a whole suit kind of based around that and have different things like spray paint type mm. stuff on like a belt or things like that and use that kind of with the spider sona right add that to your so, little gadgets uh, sort of a similar thing to miles in this first movie is with him being so creative with like graffiti yeah and everything and like maybe having different attachments for the web shooters like how you would with spray paints yeah. because you can have more direct you can have really widespread yeah. and like typically spider-man has been able to do that in different ways but have it be like a cap kind of thing so you can interchange the way you shoot webs uh but i think it would definitely be that and the main suit would be white with like hints of just random colors spread throughout like a painter right or someone creative like an apron that has gone through the the process Mm -hmm. of making a painting Uh, that's even how i would kind of want to make it right is get like a white morph suit put the spider logo on there and then splatter like fabric paint yeah. on it just to make it look exactly like how I would want. Right, how you're picturing it. Mm-hmm. And so that would be my spider sauna. There you go. Yeah. And Love so it. 
You've heard our spider sonas. Yes. We really want to hear about yours. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, you should be able to click a link. I think it's in the description. I will have to double check. But the way our distributor sets things up, it's through Spotify. Um, you can answer the question of the week on there. Or if you want to go to any of our social medias uh, for Easily Entertained, literally just search Easily Entertained on anything. You'll find it. And... We'll pull up um, Instagram, especially because we will have that in a description. Yeah. Feel free to comment and tell us about your spider sona or yeah. even tag us in a post yeah. of your if own. You've already if, made a post you, for it. If you've designed one, I really want to see it. I'm sure Cormac wants to see oh, it too absolutely. because they're so cool. And yeah, that is our question of the week. And this was into the Spider-Verse. Thanks for listening. Super exciting. Thank you all for listening. And next time, we will be talking about Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, so if you haven't watched it, be there. you should go watch it so that we don't spoil anything for you because should it's it's going to happen. I'm sorry. Yeah. We will have a spoiler warning just as we did before this episode. Yeah. But until next time, peace. See ya. You have been entertained. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Easily Entertained. If you enjoyed, be sure to tune back in Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, where we're available on all podcast platforms. And if you want all the latest updates on all things entertainment, check us out on social media for Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And until next time, this is Easily Entertained.